are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the NFL Locked On Podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Ryan Tracy. It's another great episode here. Ryan, how you doing, my man? Man, it's another week and uh, there's more football. Luckily, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. How about you? I'm very excited as well. In the first segment, we're going to go over the news and notes. Second segment, we're going to talk about some quarterbacks and the young quarterbacks in this league and some key quarterback matchups coming up this weekend. And then the final segment, of course, as always, we'll prepare you for Thursday night football. Um, but before we get into all that, we got to talk about our, our great sponsor, Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they are your corner stores, lot coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be an official partner of the NFL. Without further ado, let's start talking about our top story here. Uh, There were huge fines doled out here, Ryan, to coaches for not wearing masks on the sideline. And, you know, it's sparked an interesting debate about, you know, what's going on in the NFL among those names, I believe is John Gruden. Yeah. You know, and I think that's significant because there have been, a lot of emphasis placed on this particular issue. And you've seen coaches do it all kinds of different ways. Um, there's no like prescribed type of mask or face covering or whatever you want to call it. But it does get to the point where, especially if you're calling plays, like I think Vic Fangio is pretty outspoken about the fact, you know, I had it on, I took it off to call some plays. I didn't get it back up. Okay. So that's human error. I get that. But the NFL is trying to send a message that human error is not good enough. You have to protect your players and you have to protect the other team. And so far, I think they just don't want to wreck their track record. Right. Because, I mean, the, the NFL has amazing numbers when it comes to COVID-19. I covered the University of Pittsburgh uh, for their football team. In week one, they were missing seven players. In week two, they were missing three players. That You have to go across the entire league to get those kind of numbers and maybe not even get that in the NFL because of how serious they're taking this. So it, it makes sense that they're being strict here because they're like, look, we cannot afford to be like baseball where a team is out for a week and then, and then it screws up everything. The NFL knows their money's on the line, knows that their weeks are on the line, and they, they don't have 60 games to spread out. They got they got this this sixteen week or seventeen week window among sixteen games to get people through it and get the people to the playoffs on time. This is a very dire situation to them, so it makes sense to me that they're being this strict. I know some people feel it is the, the funny. The funniest thing for me, Ryan, is when you look on the sidelines during the game and you still see the coaches holding up their uh, their 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 pad in front of them to cover their mouth, but it's like you're wearing a mask. I still can't see what they're saying. <laughs> right? Hey, old habits die hard. And I'll tell you this. Th- the numbers came out for last week, and I know we're a couple days behind when we record yeah. this, but but 13th through, 6th, uh, through 19th of September, 36,000 tests for players and personnel, 14,000 for uh, everybody else, and they had, what, five confirmed cases, no players, five cases through the whole thing. That track record has to be upheld. And I think that's why they went after the franchises as well, because it's not just the guys that are on the field. It's not just the coaching staff. You got to have the trainers. You got to have the equipment guys. You got to have the whole organization bought in and any kind of public show of, hey, we're not taking this this seriously. They're going to hammer it. 
I agree. And I think it's I think it's the right thing to do. You know, keep keep pushing the message down. That this is serious so that they can get through this season and make sure that they've done it the best they can. They cannot afford any let off from this. So so kudos to the NFL for that. We do have to talk about another national story that uh, Hall of Fame running back and kick returner Gail Sayers did pass away on Wednesday. He was 77 years old, was was, was battling dementia. But uh, but Ryan, you know, he was known as the Kansas Comet. You're a Jayhawk. Uh, I'd like you to talk about what Gail Sayers meant to you, you know, both knowing what he did on the field and knowing what he got to do off the field after his career. Yeah, it's a sad day there, especially for Kansas football that's had its ups and downs. And, you know, when I was there in the 90s, the program was actually starting to rise just as I arrived. We went through some times and Gail's always somebody that is is on the pictures in the hallways. It's part of the program. It's the foundation of what that program is. And there's a lot saying, you know, Les Miles is having to rebuild it. That's for sure. But he is somebody that has withstood the test of time, not just in college, but then obviously what happened uh, when he went to the Bears. Uh, Brian's song made him famous outside of the sports world. And so you really got to see uh, the full dimension of Gail Sayers as a, as a person, not just a player, which is a little bit rare for athletes today. No, it, it really is rare because you got you don't get to see always the, uh, the that personable side of him and the amazing story, like you said, from Brian's song, the famous movie about him and Brian Piccolo uh, that showed the dichotomy of a white running back who wasn't a huge name with a black running back who who was a huge name, but playing in the late 60s, a time when the Civil Rights Act was being passed, a time when there was a lot of turmoil. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Like there was so much going on in the world and in the country then just like there is now. But that was a, a serious time where race relations were still at a point where black players and white players didn't always get along or even get to be together that often. And their relationship was a huge story uh, to, to show the nation like, hey, these guys made it work and they competed against each other for a starting spot. I think it's a good way for you to wake up work and showing the brotherhood and love that can come from football. So Gail Sayers, an amazing story and the young, still the, to this day, the youngest player to ever be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at the age of 34. A legend passed, passed away. Uh, I think everyone who knows football can honor that man's legacy. Absolutely. Uh, and the Bears fans can be happy with the legacy of their organization one more time. Absolutely. Last thing here. This was a crazy story we wanted to touch on before we got to our first break. But the the, the Chargers, it was released from Adam Schefter and ESPN that Tyrod Taylor, it was a surprise to everyone. He didn't play this weekend. And it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, Justin Herbert who took over against the Chiefs. And now it's been revealed that the reason he didn't play was because the team doctor, when trying to treat him for some cracked ribs, accidentally punctured his lung, which sounds insanely painful and also insane that that something like that could happen. What was your reaction when you heard that? You know, I was actually broadcasting live at the time because they were playing the team that I cover. And so it was, it was very much a shock and you could tell um, they gave it a little bit of television time, the discomfort that he was in on the sidelines. And this is, you know, minutes later, that is something that, you know, a lot of people experience when they actually have punctured lungs from broken ribs, from other things that can be a very, very serious illness. If you want to call it an illness or injury, they're lucky that they had enough medical facility on, on staff, on the premises, because that is uh, an accident, I'm sure, on, on the physician's part, but something that could have cost somebody a whole lot more than just a football game. Yeah, and I'll say just from a Pittsburgh perspective, uh, immediately Steelers fans went back to the AFC Championship game of 2001, where Jerome Bettis 
was coming back, but he had a similar type of incident where the team doctor messed up and then he was injured for that Patriots game that they lost in the AFC championship game. You know, it's something that's unfortunate, but just crazy when you think like, man, all the money and the doctors that the NFL have on staff, it's so wild to hear that, 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 that something like that can happen. But I guess that's just that's part of the game these days. Uh, we're going to roll before we roll into our first break. We're going to talk about our great sponsor, rockauto.com. Ryan, take it away. And, you know, for a guy like me that, that drives a truck and tries to do as much as I can myself, chain stores are a problem because they have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus do-it-yourselfers like me. Rock Auto's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will take, you know, up and down like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or login. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D space O-N, in the uh, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. We'll be back right after this. Now, around the league, there's not a more important position than the quarterback. And we've seen over the last couple of years, second-year quarterbacks have career years in win MVPs, win Super Bowls, and get on that road. And so this year, I think it's just about time to admit that Kyler Murley got to be the guy this year. I'm, I'm really intrigued by just how much he stepped up in the offense out in Arizona this season, just like we saw Mahomes do, just like we saw Lamar do. Is he the next guy that can be a second-year MVP? Uh, Ryan, I think that's a good question because I think he can be. Um, he still has he still has the way to a ways to go, and he's still developing that chemistry with his team. I think that it's even harder for a guy who comes off his first season. This is his chance to really implement himself in the offense, and then COVID strikes, so no preseason, no no camp, no all that stuff. They had to work with a training camp and and just roll into the year. Um, but I mean, right now, I mean, he's still he's still doing doing well. His team is two and zero. Um, he's got two passing touchdowns and two uh, interceptions. But he also, um, you know, is is running is running very well right now. Um, I believe he has two rushing touchdowns or three rushing touchdowns so far on the season. Um, and that 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 shows the the dual threat that he presents. And we've seen that dual threat with the Lamar Jacksons of the world. But I mean, in that last game against Washington, I saw him just cut against people and and uh, make plays. He certainly can be. And that first game against uh, the 49ers, that was a that was a real big showing on his part. He went 26 of 40 for 230 yards, a touchdown and a pick, and then a rushing touchdown. That's against one of the best defenses in the league, and that was before they lost a lot of their starters. Yeah, and, and that's the significant thing for me because I was all for it when we heard about what the Texans decided to do. Getting Hop onto that roster – to be the primary target for Kyler Murray, I thought was a boon. I mean, it's going to help him do whatever he can do to reach his potential as a quarterback. But now I think that's opened up the middle of the field. Some, when I look at the all 22 for them a little bit, I think that it's providing maybe not drastic opportunities, but certainly a little bit more room for him to maneuver. And now he's exploiting with his legs. If you compare him to what he did in college, I think he's light years of where he was and where I expected him to be. I don't know if there's a ceiling for him yet. 
No, I agree. I'm not sure what that ceiling is. And then also, I like the way that he's playing with Kenyon Drake, like you mentioned, and, and the receivers that they got. Christian Kirk is still is still an athletic talent, and that's not mentioning DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best players right now and one of the greatest players of all time. Like, you know, it's they, they are loaded right now, and the fact that they're working is really well. But it's also, it seems like early on, the Cardinals' defense is holding up because I believe they're ranked number two right now in, in points in points against or something like that. But they're they're, they're hanging in there right now. Now, granted, this last game they played Washington, so that you know that's that puts you know some damper on it. But you can only beat the teams that are in front of you. And in the week one, they took out the reigning NFC champs, and in week two, they took out a team that snuck the Eagles the week before. This is a good way for him to go, and we'll see as this week, as this year goes along. We, we were talking about this last week. The NFC West may be the best division in football this year, and they're going to get tested. They've already beat the Niners. The Seahawks got to still play them twice. The Rams still got to play them twice, and they got to see the Niners again. The, Kyler Murray, if he wants to be the MVP this year, he's going to get his shot because he beats those guys, it, it'll put him on the map. Well, and the encouraging thing for me, like you said, the defenses were drastically different than he's faced. But here's the thing that goes with it. Yards per average drifts by the defense, right? Mm-hmm. But he's 65 and 68% completions. Yep. He's throwing 40 passes, 38 week two, 40 the first week, but 26 completions. The thing is, you can only take what the defense isn't going to allow you to do, right? And make the max of it. And that's what he's doing. He's completing passes. I'm really interested in the evolution from where he goes from here because there are a lot of other quarterbacks out there that he can be compared to. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a little reluctant, but I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited about Kyler Murray. No, I feel you. And you take everything week to week. You know, this could all change in the next couple of weeks if he comes out and lays some duds. But the point is, is that right now he's playing very well. He's entered himself into that early season like, hey, he's on my watch list category. And I think that's great. And like you said, you know, he's doing that well. Also, I, I think it's good to say, like, you know, he had three sacks in the last game, two sacks the, the, the week before. He had 48 as a, as, as a rookie. That's, that's, that's a lot of sacks. And I think you're going to see that number potentially improve this year. I mean, you're looking at teams like, like Deshaun Watson. He had four sacks last, last week against, against the, the, the Ravens. And now he's going up against the Steelers and their pass rush. If Kyler Murray keeps those sack numbers down and keeps the turnovers down and still keeps putting up these numbers because people can't stop his feet and he can, he can beat you with his arm. That's going to give this Cardinals team a lot of threats with the receivers that they have, the running back that they have. And if this defense led by Chandler Jones can continue to make plays. Yeah, they're going to need it because, you know, when we look at the West, that's one thing. And clearly the Niners and what they're dealing with injury wise is something else. When we look at the East, things are a little bit different, too. Another young quarterback in Josh Allen is now starting to lead the Bills in the direction that they've been waiting for for quite a long time. And what I thought was going to be a down year, possibly, well, it still could be. I'm not 100 percent sold on that for the New England Patriots. Cam looks like Cam. And I think that's really the difference. This is boiling down to the Patriots having a shot at the division title again in against the Bills team that I thought was going to be a shoe in for it. Yeah, I'm right with you there because Cam Newton, the fact that he got 444 out of 464 total yards against the Seahawks and was this close to beating the Russell Wilson in his house, that to me was a sign that, okay, this guy's still for real. Um, I really wonder where he could take this team. And this was, but I'm, I'm happy to see this because I didn't like how people were saying, ah, Cam Newton's done. He's never coming back. He's finished. Stick a fork in him. And I'm like, hey, man, the guy's an NFL MVP. You know, he's, he's had a heck of a career. Let's give him the chance to show who he has, who he is and that he's bounced back from his injury because that's what was holding him back. 
and here he is doing just that. I, I like the way that he's he's able to run the ball, and he's still he's still passing the ball. He's still completing the ball down the field to move the chains. But ultimately, when you get in that red zone, it's really tough to stop him and anticipate everything else the Patriots. Uh, can do you know Bill Belichick likes to mix it up but Cam Newton he's got four t- rushing touchdowns already um that's a threat and with the with the way the Patriots play he can put them in any game and you know good good for them in New England um, kudos to Josh McDaniels for taking what your quarterback does and emphasizing it I honestly didn't expect that to tell you the truth but the games were definitely different in Seattle what 44 attempts for Cam so it wasn't just his legs He's proving to be able to to right. get into a new offense and not necessarily be comfortable with it, make new reads, make and execute plays. And I think that's huge, especially when he has to play Josh Allen coming up, who, again, another almost <laughs> miraculous performance, new receiver in Stefan Diggs. I think things are starting to click for him, too. This is going to be a great matchup eventually. Yeah, I think this could be one of those things. If if Newton, especially if Newton stays over the next few years, because it's not just one year that builds these type of things. It's seeing them one year, someone gets the best of the, someone the next year, the other person, the other team gets the best the other way, and then it's a rivalry. And I would love to see young Josh Allen against veteran Cam Newton over the next couple years, because already the Bills hate the Patriots. The Patriots see the Bills as their little brother. But if the Bills were able to, to beat the Patriots a few times and start saying, hey, your time is over, our time is here, I can see those being some great some great primetime divisional matchups. Even if they're not primetime, if they're 1 o'clock Sunday, I, you know, people will watch. I will watch if, if I don't have to cover the Steelers because that looks like a, a really good uh, potential matchup right there. And I like what Josh Allen's able to do. He has legs. He can throw, he can th- he can throw it on the field. And now you're seeing with Stephon. Vaughn Diggs, a true number one receiver for him, they're able to stretch the field. And then you're able to see players like John Brown get open for him and just, hey, I can burn people deep with that. I think Josh Allen has the makings uh, of being a great quarterback in this league. He still has to work on that accuracy, but he's a young quarterback. That's what I want him to get messy and make mistakes. That's a Miss Frizzle shout out from the Magic School Bus days. Uh, but. Uh, but you know, but when you talk, but I, I want to see him get into those type of battles because that's where you build the character. You know, I guarantee you, he's learned something from the way that they lost to the Texans in the playoff last year. They were so close to beating Deshaun Watson, and now he's thinking like, okay, I got to remember to keep my head to stick stick to my keys. I like that about Josh Allen. I want to keep seeing him grow and playing Cam Newton and the Patriots that can give him some great battles to grow from. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, a 400-yard, four-touchdown performance, that sound, folks, that you hear in the background, that's Joe Marino from Locked On Bills losing his mind. You should go check out his show as well. Coming up next, we have to talk about that Thursday night matchup. Those Dolphins are somebody that I really want to get your opinion about. My bookie, invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N, Locked On with no spaces, and you'll be able to double your first deposit. New players can get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet on. Your, and, and your winning season begins today only at My Bookie. We'll be back right after this. We're back here on the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined my friend and co-host, Ryan Tracy. Now, Ryan, it's Thursday night football in the battle for Florida. It's Miami. It's Jacksonville. It's – are people really getting excited for this? I am because it's still <laughs> Good for you. You should. At least somebody's got to, and we can rely on you. I appreciate that sometimes. Uh, this is – uh, <laughs> It's hard to get excited for me, but it's a really intriguing one because there's a lot of little things going on. And I think the quarterbacks are, uh, once again, are right at the top of the list, right? 
No, they are. Um, and Gardner Minshew has played well through two weeks. Uh, them surprising the Colts the way they did in week one. And they were this close in week two. Uh, you, know, you know, taking on the Titans. That's two back-to-back divisional opponents and teams that saw him last year. These aren't, these aren't teams that didn't know what they were getting into. They're like, hey, we've not only had the tape on him, we have the experience against him to take him out and take. And this second-year, sixth-round draft pick quarterback lives, has lived up to the hype. Fantasy-wise, you should be starting him right now. Um, he's, he's been doing his thing. And the Dolphins have been giving up decent numbers to quarterbacks. Cam Newton week one, Josh Allen week two, they're 0-2. Um, but they're also Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's put up some numbers lately, and there's the question. Uh, everyone, of course, is going to hang over them. When's Tua going to play? When, you know, what about Tua Tagovailoa? You know, what? And, and everyone knows Ryan Fitzmagic. Yeah, you know, everyone knows that he's he has those early parts of the season. But this could be a really interesting battle because if the if the Jaguars win this game and go two and one, they position themselves in a good starting point in the AFC South. Yeah, and th- someone will have to pick me up off the floor too because I would have never guessed that preseason. Same. And the interesting thing for me is that I don't know what your impression was of Gardner coming out, uh, especially his performance at the Senior Bowl. I thought kind of set it up as a guy that was going to be a long shot that that had at least the moxie to get in there. But he's throwing the ball well. He's using his targets how they are. I think I'm really intrigued by what they're doing. I'm still a little concerned that. You know, Eifert, what was it? Uh, six targets. That's pretty healthy last week for, you know, a young quarterback, tight end your pal. DJ Shark, only four. Uh, Chris Conley got seven targets. I'm, I'm a big fan, but that's not what you expect. Former chief. There you go. <laughs> right. Get Fiscus Chanel the ball a little bit more, I think will help too. But I think all of it is kind of rounding into place that James Robinson is going to help him in the run game, keep the mm-hmm. pressure off of him. Is pressure the thing that he has to avoid the most? I think so. It's about it's about keeping the pressure off him so that he can he can stay composed and make the right throws. I mean, when part of what I've been really surprised with Minshew is his ability to stay composed in big pressure situations. He keeps doing that. That's going to allow them to to win this game. And, and like you said, you'd be picking yourself off the floor if they're two and one. The Jaguars were universally being picked for the number one overall pick. They were like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, there you go. He's going right to Jacksonville. And then they upset the Eagles in week one. And now they're here in week two at one and or week three and one on one. And I mean, you, you like the way that they're at least putting up a fight this year. You know, and um, that's really encouraging to at least see that they're going in the right direction. Meanwhile, the Dolphins last year, uh, you know, going into eight games, people were saying they were the, the super tank team because they were the ones that were that, that were getting that. And um, uh, and you know, and, and I remember I remember covering them at the it was the Steelers, uh, when the, the Steelers hosted them. I believe it was Monday Night Football. And I remember mid game when Deontay Johnson catches like a like a forty yard touchdown. The, the I remember like some of the beat writers for the Dolphins being like they they're they're tanking. We just know they're tanking. They just need to tell us they're tanking. And then of course they finished strong in the later part of the year. But it's just it's so crazy seeing two two franchises that are clearly in rebuild mode in these different spots where people are starting to say, hey, the Jaguars, should we have confidence? Right. I mean, and more power to Brian Flores. Uh, really impressive what he's done in. I mean, I know it's still early, but we've seen what coaches do when they lead the New England program. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Ask him, Matt, Patricia. There are things that, that cause your own problems to create your own culture where you go. And I think clearly the Micah Fitzpatrick thing was something that didn't work. Uh, obviously, as we've seen what he did when he got to Pittsburgh, but. That aside, I think building that organization to how you need to coach it, I think is really helping them. I'm impressed so far. I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, 
predisposed because I'm I'm a fan of little Miles Gaskin, so I like what he's doing down there, and I want to see him continue to get the ball. But any other surprises for you? Um, one thing I'm surprised is that Xavier Howard and Byron Jones haven't like worked out to be a superstar pairing yet for the Dolphins. Uh, and now Byron Jones is out for that Thursday game. Um, and they're saying that Devontae Parker's returning back. So that'll be big for the, but I, I thought where one place they would have been able to lean on is Xavier Howard, who I love the way the, how he plays the game and Byron Jones, who I think is one of the more athletic cornerbacks in the league that they didn't produce results early on. And maybe sure there might be some injury stuff going on with that as well. But I just, I thought that that would be where this defense could lean on something and say, Hey, we'll leave these guys alone and the rest is going to be a problem. But these quarterbacks have given them troubles. Now, again, they're still rebuilding. The Dolphins are still figuring things out right now. And maybe maybe part of that rebuilding is a, is a win tonight on Thursday night football. But, man, um, you know, Brian Flores, after the, the rebound he had last year, to dig himself to, – for his team to dig him another 0-3 hole that he's going to have to dig himself out of, that's going to that's gonna be rough. Um, and, and, and you're going to hear those those voices saying, oh, there's two attack of Iloa. Put him in the game. Put him in the game. Because even though Ryan Fitzpatrick, you can't really fault him for what he's been doing. But, you know, that's going to be the reality is that when you're losing games, like, well, hey, maybe at least get some experience with the young guy that you drafted. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but my biggest surprise is just that the secondary hasn't manifested yet. And uh, Byron Jones being out, it might be a problem. I mean, Xavier Howard still could hold it down, but if the Jaguars exploit that, 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 that having a replacement in there, that could be a huge story point and getting them to two and one early. Yeah, and they're going to face a defense that's got a couple of guys rising to the young guys. C.J. Henderson's been playing good to this point. Um, I'm, I'm really big on Josh Allen. Uh, he hasn't hit the sack running like he did last season, but led them in pressures in week two, uh, a couple of hits on the quarterback. I feel like getting his legs underneath him, he's a guy that has to be kind of the engine that could on that defense. No, I agree. They they need pass. I mean, edge rushers are among the most important players in all of football. And Josh Allen was was drafted to be that guy. I loved him out of college. I thought he was one of the most amazing physical talents that could be drafted to the game at the time. But you look at Josh Allen, it, when they create pressure, that's when things start to click for them. And, and they need that to happen th- this week. Um, but Considering all that we're talking about, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Gardner Minshew, whether it's you know the, the the Miami secondary, Ryan, who's your pick for tonight's game? I knew you're going to make me go first, and I, I I think I know where you're going too, so I'm going to hold off. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself on the floor, and I'm going to say that Jacksonville actually puts it together, and I, I'm going to call it twenty-one seventeen. 21-17, that, that, that's, that's a fair number. I think it's going to be a little more messy. I think we're going to get some missed extra points and some field goals in there. I think you're going to be looking at a 23-16 type of score, but I have the Jaguars. I'm, I'm predicting a late ah. drive from Car- Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is going to be driving him down the field. He's going to complete the big passes. And then everyone's going to be wearing his mustache on, on Friday on ESPN talking about, look at Gardner Minshew. We love this guy. I know. I know. I can see it now coming. Gardner Minshew with the game-winning touchdown driving, everyone loving him. And then Jacksonville being like, hey, what, what's the two-in-one life like? What the heck's going on? It's going to be interesting. And once again, without – Pre-planning this, folks. We've taken the same team to win this. <laughs> One of these days, we got we got to pick something different. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but Ryan, this has been a great show. This is Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Ryan of, of uh, Ryan Tracy of Locked On Chiefs. Ryan, please let everyone know where they can follow you and get more of your stuff all the time. 
Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter. That's Ryan Tracy NFL, all one word. And everything I do is over there from video to film to everything else. Check out the rest of the podcast as well. New lineup for us, remember. And Chris, where can everybody find your work? You can find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. It's also my, my Instagram handle if you want to go there. Um, but you guys know I'm the Locked On Steelers host. I'm also the pit beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com. I also co- I also help cover the Steelers there. If you want all my Pittsburgh work, go to DKPittsburghSports.com. Great place, great place to work. Great co- content there. I get to work with the great Dale Lolly and Dan Kovacevic on the football stuff there. Again, find me on Twitter. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. And uh, Ryan, this has been another fun show, man. Can't wait till next week. Next week's going to be a blast as well. Make sure that you check out the rest of the lineup on Locked On NFL. Chris and I will be back next week for Thursday. And in the meantime, we thank you for your time listening to us. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you next week.